Hey, welcome back to the Million Dollar Body Podcast. In this episode, we're talking about carb cycling and me and Million Dollar Body Mindset Coach Kyle Tyler are getting a little weird. I'm not going to lie to you. We talk about all kinds of stuff from nicknames to the cars we had in high school. And I'd like to believe that we somehow relate it back to fitness and carb cycling. So if carb cycling, carb backloading has ever been on your mind, how to do it effectively, we're going to give you a couple different strategies, an easy way to do it and a, a much harder way to do it, depending on your level of involvement and w- how much effort you can put into it at the time. But I think this is going to be a really fun episode. I had a ton of fun recording it. We had a lot of laughs on it. So check it out. You're going to jump right into us talking about, I think, gypsies, mostly probably gypsies. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the episode. And make sure to like and subscribe and do other stuff on social media. I got to start recording this because, man, what are we? What are we even talking about? We're just saying people with two first names are are gypsies. You can't trust them. Kyle, Andrew, Tyler, Nathan, Dean, Palmer, coming in right now. Nick Trevelyan says the big cat coming in hot. It's okay. The big cat. King Gray says DJ eight eight at at TAC at TAC DJ for me. I think for you. Okay. I think I got, I already have my name. DJ Attack. Attack. It right, feels like you're attacking. Yeah. I, I think that's a great name for you. DJ and Attack. That's only like. But I'm not connecting the Attack. I don't think we need to. There's no explanation. You know what nicknames on the explanation? They don't. Like, I never wonder why 50 Cent was called 50 Cent. AKA Ferrari. Right. F50. Ferrari? I, no, that's from, that's from Get Richard Die Trying. Got a lot of living to do before I die, and I ain't got time to waste. You say I'm a gangster, but you never thought I'm gonna come up with this. What? Before we're done with this, you're gonna have a sick nickname. Something's gonna, it's gonna be an aha moment. I'm literally gonna start introducing myself from here on out as that person. Can you introduce yourself with just your nickname? What's up? What's up? Pete says it's because it's cat reversed. Yeah, okay, Uh, okay. okay. I see where you're stepping. Yeah. I actually did that with my with my email address when I was younger. I used to my email address was Ethan because Nate with a, like an old you throw a little H in there. It's like Ethan, Ethan, you know, kind of cool. And then it was 280Z, which you might remember from a Nissan 280Z, which is a piece of shit car. But when you're like 13, you're like, what is oh, that car? Why does it have the shutters on the back? I need it. Dude, I was all about the Mitsubishi 3000 GT. Ooh. Do you remember those? Yeah. Oh God, no, I just, you didn't see them often, but when you did. Incredible. Oh, you just a little help for all those. He's did like, you, God bless me with one of those, please. Did you uh, put that in your? Mitsubishi, but you know. Did you put in your email though? I think I when you said that, I'm like, I did something with that 3000 GT, you know, because you thought it was like almost your identity was in like what car what you car like? Do you like? Yeah. You don't own it. No. What car would I own? A Mitsubishi. 3000 GT, and that would make people realize how cool I was. That's because right. I like the 3000 GT. And you could you could roll up and be like, "What's up? It's Big Cat DJ Attack." And I had to go find other Mitsubishi people in school so we could come together and make fun of the people who like the 380Z. 280Z. 280Z. Yeah, we weren't quite to the 300. It yet. was like the Jets versus the, <laughs> the Sharks. The sharks. <laughs> Mitsubishi versus uh, Nissan. Nissan. Yeah. So when I when I my first car was a Nissan Sentra, which is a lot like a 280Z, except for just just not. way shittier. It yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. I mean, what was your first car? Really want to know? Yeah. It was a uh, Geo Storm. Ooh. Remember those? Yeah. Remember the Geos? Yeah. I don't know if anyone else remembers Geos. Geo- I drove a lot in a Geo Prism. Bro. Okay, I was gonna say the Geo Prism was like the most popular one. Mm-hmm. But just a beater. You don't have any money for a car. I think it had two thousand dollars that I paid for. It I was what 16, 17. 
the Geo Storm was like, this is so cool. It was like a sportier two-door. Funny story about that. Just real quick. Not just hit it. Since we're talking about it. We're just talking about so it. So that was my very first car. You have to tie this into carb cycling at some point. We've got to pretend like well, this is the whole plan. They want, they want stories about my... About your first car. Especially Geo <laughs> So one, I thought the Geo Storm was pretty cool because it's a two-door coupe, mm -hmm. right? Don't mind the Geo. Anyway, it got broken into. Now, for those who don't know, it's a small car. Okay, it's a small car, mm -hmm. right? It got broken into, of course, it got ripped apart. Mm -hmm. Someone, the door, and I had to replace the window, yada, yada, because it got broken. Long story short, I did it wrong. I couldn't open up my door, okay? So like trying to replace the windshield, I did something with the door, I couldn't open the door. So I had to crawl through the passenger side to get in, right? To get in and out, I had to go through the passenger side. And it's a very small car, I can't reference enough. So getting in and out of the car, like, you know, you're like this, like having to pull one leg over or the console right? yeah but because you're in high school and everything is embarrassing i was so embarrassed by it so i would go park on the back like the back side of the parking lot of the high school and wait till kind of like everyone like wasn't watching and then i try to get out my passenger side and then i tried to act cool mm -hmm. i got on my passenger side because somebody'd be like why is he got his passenger side and i'd be like well it looked like i'm looking for something so they might think oh he might just walk around to his passenger side mm -hmm. so this whole still this whole stick yeah. Anyway. Oh, what I like about that is, very the, embarrassing at the time. is the safety element to it. It's like your car's on fire. You might have to go through the side. Like that's, that's true. the big thing. Well, going on dates was fun. I built, you, you're like, <laughs> you, you open the door. They're yeah. like, whoa, Barry, what a gentleman. Well, and then you yeah, crawl yeah. in first. <laughs> yeah. Or, or when you're looking at them and you look at your friend, you know, you're on the car and you just go, Cool. Well, I'm gonna need you to get out. You get out. You get out first. I can't get out unless you get out. I, I need to get like gas. We need to both be outside of the car at the same time. Like While you're outside, could you actually wash my windows? They're getting a little bit dirty. Oh, While we're here. That car. Anyways, that's no that, a lot of a lot of carb cycling, mm -hmm. uh, like metaphors in there. And if you don't get it, it's okay. You'll get it later. You'll just have to think about it more. Mm -hmm. Everything comes back to carb cycling. Everything does. So, so what do you want to talk about? Speaking of carb cycling. Oh, carb cycling. Speaking of car, car cycling. Car cycling. There you go. There it is. Okay. Now we have you time. You tied it in. Yeah. Holy crap. Car cycling. Car cycling. It's okay. when you don't have a good car, so you ride your bicycle everywhere. That's what carb cycling is, and you way you use it for fat loss is by never driving, only riding your bike. Thanks for tuning into the Million Dollar Body <laughs> Podcast. I hope you. this has been really beneficial for you. I hope you pulled something from this. <laughs> They're gonna go buy a geostorm right now. The, everyone is going to. They're like, and they're just gonna lock they're that side. Probably of collectors' cars. You know, you don't ever see. No them. one is collecting no. geos. Those the Those geos are, are collecting in, in a dumpster somewhere because they're <laughs> not even collecting dust. They're not even big enough for a junkyard. They're just you just put them in your pocket and throw them in the trash. Oh, anyway, so carb. So carbs. I've been saying it wrong this whole time. Carb. Carb. Okay. Carb cycling. Carb with a B. So there's a lot of ways to do that, right? You've done a couple of versions. I've done a couple of versions. I want to talk about two of the, like the, the biggest ways to do it, the easiest maybe. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about like, I feel like the more complicated version, because that's kind of your experience. You've done carb cycling to basically drop fat, but you've done like high days, medium days, and low days. Um, and I have a, like a really simple version that I also like to use with people as well. So tell, like, tell me a little bit about what, what it's, what it was like for you when you were getting super lean using carb cycling, mm -hmm. what was your experience with that, your results mm -hmm. and how are your workouts affected? Yeah. So, you know, I, I've, you know, done carb cycling, carb manipulation probably for the last decade. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and carb cycling was definitely a big one. I actually did 
I didn't do much of the high low. I did a lot of the maybe workout dates, a little workout days, a little more carbs, or I'll go low carb all week and then have one day a week where I have a ton of carbs, right? One of those situations. Um, that was predominantly what I did. And to answer to your question, yeah, you know, like when when I got super lean, like I did get super lean doing that method. Uh, but I can tell you this, like, boy, after like three, four weeks into it, working out, like if I was having my carb up day on like a Saturday, because mm-hmm. why not? Dude, Wednesday and Thursday workouts were just miserable. Mm-hmm. Like the low, Headaches, the low days before. You just before feel the your lo- blood sugar's low. You're just your work capacity's lower. I mean, I'd be like 20 minutes into it, and it's just like I, I don't think I can. You know, I physically felt like I just I cannot lift anymore. The crazy right? thing is when you're like, okay, you've done, let's say, like uh, you bench press 100 pounds like the week before. And then you go to that same weight and you're like, why is this absolutely crushing my, my soul so right now? Much, so much more. Yeah. And you really feel like those, like those carb depletion days. Do you think those are important though, to actually drop fat faster? Like having really, really low carb depleted days? No, I mean, I think, you know, no, I think as with everything, there's other factors that go into what causes someone to lose fat, right? Sure. And can you lose fat fast than that? Absolutely. Can you lose fat without torturing yourself like that without, well, also, not feeling you get hit by a bus? Absolutely, right? Absolutely. You know, everyone's situation is different, but I think majority of people would prefer to feel more energetic, right? I, I would actually I would guess. feel good in the gym, right? I, I mean, you, you know, make a good point. I don't know. Maybe they don't. Some but, people like to suffer. And, you know, working out can be hard enough. Lifting heavy is hard enough as it is. That's true. When you're doing it. And then when you add the stimulus of, I don't know, not having blood sugars, glycogen easily accessible, mm-hmm your body is like, you know, a typical 45 minute workout is probably going to take you an hour and a half. Oof. If you even get you're that trying to, long, if you're trying to get because those, your rest numbers are so high. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But yeah, in answer to your question, the majority of people, no, they don't need crazy carb cycling mm-hmm. because, you know, why do that to yourself? More than likely, most people are going to fail. Yeah. And I mean, like you can do it. I just feel like there's, there are more accessible ways because like carb cycling is great. Like I've done it before, you've done it before, we both had success with it. Mm-hmm. But trying to like balance out your high days, your low days, measure and track, I just feel like that kind of like can be grading, especially if you already have a lot of stress in your life. Mm-hmm. You're already doing a lot, you're doing the most, you're driving a geo storm around, like your stress levels are high. Don't bring the geo storm in. Man. I the geo storm's already been brought into this. It's part of it's yeah, a part of us now. Brought in from a good thing. Now you're your your geo storm with bad carbs. Like, come on. I'm just saying I'm over this. I'm just saying don't don't bring the geostorm up if you don't want to talk about it, you know? So yeah, but I but I, I actually like so basically with a with a method like this, you're how many high days did you have? How many high carb days did you do? Just one or do two per week? So when I was on a more aggressive fat loss plan, I did the once a week. Okay. So kind of almost like a refeed or a cheat meal. Exactly. Where it would be like higher calorie, higher carb one day a week, okay. lower throughout the day, protein stays the same, you know, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um other methods I did would be something like all oh, my workout days, I would have more carbs at yeah. night. So, then, so I feel like like kind of the advanced version here would be like setting specific days where there's like having one or two high carb days, one or two medium carb days, and then like three or four low carb days, kind of depending on how aggressive you want to be. And setting those up, I think that can be like the advanced version. It can be great if you already have a great understanding of how carbohydrates work, what your Correct. diet should be. Like, I feel like in the same way that like veganism is an advanced diet, having a carb cycling, like an, like a pretty advanced carb cycling diet can be effective, if not challenging. 
I think the second option that you just brought up is a lot more accessible for most of us. It's like, okay, here's the thing is post your heavy lifting day. So pick like the, the day you want to grow your most. So like, okay, I want to grow my chest and I want, and leg day is always hard. So you do those two days. And those are your high carb days, regardless of when they fall in the week or like with your workouts. And I think that can be a great way to do it, especially if you're staggering most of your carbohydrates around your workouts kind of pre and post. And I think those, if you think about putting stuff in the wind, that window, like, you know, hour, 90 minutes before, you know, uh, like up to like the full day afterwards sort of thing, that can be an easy, easier way, if not still a bit complicated. Um, I find though my favorite is just a, like a single day carb cycling where you always are eating your carbohydrates after your workout later in the day. That's my preference because it's simple. It provides like a, like a rule, right? Which is like, don't eat carbs until dinner. I think that is like an easy rule to follow when it's, when it's a little bit more binary, it's a little bit more on off. Um, but what have you, what have you experienced when you tried methods like that? Yeah, I, I agree with you because I think in, the, in essence, when you have a more solid routine, mm-hmm. uh, it helps increase adherence when we're not making our sole focus on, you know, monitoring and tracking getting super lean to step on stage that's all you think about sure versus someone who's working a family yeah all they're thinking about is i want to lose weight but they don't have the mental capacity to do all that so they need to make routines each and every day that they can easily instill and yeah it might take work more in the beginning but eventually just becomes like this just like you know you should be brushing your teeth Mm -hmm. once or twice a day, I guess, right? You don't think about it, you just do it. I love what you just brought up about like kind of the dichotomy because, because I think that a lot of times we see people stepping on stage and we think that's the highest level of fitness. That's what we all should be aspiring to. And I think that's where like, you know, so you see a lot of people eating six meals per day, sticking with primarily like chicken, broccoli and rice and just kind of having these really boring meals, no like low salt. And we're like, wow, I guess that's what health looks true, like. Yeah, it's true. But you've actually gone on stage. You've actually done the prep. I've never done that, but I've, uh, I've coached competitors. I've worked with a lot of people kind of before and after their, their competitions. And I can tell you for a fact that the people stepping on stage are not healthy. That is not a healthy like idea. They're they are stressed out. They are like not eating enough food to really recover. They're not sleeping super well. Ask anyone's significant other who's like had someone step on stage. They're like, yeah, that's a, he was a grumpy asshole the whole time. 100%. And, and also like being in this industry, like Nate, you can agree too. How many like people have you come across and usually trainers that have competed through the years, right? I, and there's one person I'm thinking of in particular, I won't say who, uh, they competed a lot. They were kind of known here locally. They were very good at what they did. But like, they went through a phase. I like, got their five years. They like damaged their body. Like, I remember like seeing yeah. them in the gym and well, like a little chubby, right? Which well, is fine. Well, like, you do a lot of things. A lot of metabolic damage to your body by, say, they by these hardcore diets over and over again. Their metabolism big time. I remember watching her and just being like, you know, wow, that sucks. People don't realize this when they see the people when they see her on stage a year ago they think that's what we have to look like Mm -hmm. that person is the epitome of perfection and what i should be like and the reality is she's now suffering from that lifestyle and she's paying the price for it which is like i mean i just fell for it because she's having trouble losing and she's having to go super hardcore even more and it was just messing with her mental or it messes with your hormones you get like oh, like you start absolutely. experiencing like that PCOS, polycystic uh, ovarian syndrome like insomnia hair loss all those things because i think that like our idea is 
stage worthy bikini body that's where it's at when in reality even just like having your body fat like two to three percent higher than that is sustainable it's much easier you can do it and feel great rather than feeling like you're like crushed all the time I, I, like i think back to i was in panama and i like i like doing hard things i like to choose things that are like that are difficult because i like overcoming them um just like that's personally kind of where i'm at but there's nothing in life that is that's like fun to do when your energy is super low, you have fatigue, you just feel miserable. So I remember like, we're in Panama, I'm contributing to the deforestation of the rainforest. Nice, so nice. Uh, the guy we're living with on this island, he buys a redwood tree in the jungle. There's only one of them, he buys it apparently. So we go, we chop down this redwood tree. It's about a mile into the jungle. And then if you know about the jungle, that you know it's not like a great place to walk. Hmm. So I wear size 13s. Um, I have, I'm wearing at this point in time, size 10 boots, because that's the biggest that, that they have in Panama because everyone is a miniature human. So I'm wearing size 10 boots. My feet just jammed into this. And me and this little dude um, are trucking these giant slabs out of the, out of the jungle. So we're putting them on our backs. I'm like sweating every single time I come back from a trip, it takes me like 90 minutes to take it all the way out and walk all the way back in. I'm wringing my clothes out. I'm just so sweaty. And the first day, awesome. Like, I feel really good, feel really accomplished. Like, okay, I only take out four of these planks in, in eight hours. Each one takes me so long. It's so heavy. They're probably 110 to 150 pounds. I'm making this, this kid, Andres, who probably weighs a buck 30. I'm making him drag the heavy ones because I'm like, I man, I'm dying. But the next day, we hadn't like eaten that much food. We hadn't replenished those glycogen stores. And I was like it was complete opposite. I was not fun anymore. I was destroyed. I was like having to sit down and take long breaks and stuff like that. I was more like sloppier. My mental state was all over the place because at the end of the day, like doing hard stuff, working out, doing cardio, that can be all well and good if you're fueled up for it. Mm -hmm. So I think that having those, like those really low carb days or doing like a complete like carb elimination can be challenging for a lot of us because it crushes our energy. That's I feel like the problem with standard, like standard issue diet. That's why I really love glycogen priming because the focus is energy first, which allows you to bleed into those, like the other areas that are important to you, doing your cardio, playing with your kids. You know, like yesterday, I just ran around with Ren in the backyard for like 90 minutes, just chasing her and jumping and she's jumping off of stuff and being crazy. Well, I just wouldn't have the energy to do that if I didn't, if I didn't right. eat the right foods. Right. No, I mean, that, that's, that kind of sums up, you know, my experience with it. You know, I wasn't obviously hauling big ass trees out of the, the jungle, but the reality is like, I mean, when you get to that low, when there's no glycogen nearby, very depleted, like, like even your muscles feel small, you just feel small. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, when your goal is fat loss and weight loss, I understand when people do that and they feel that and they go, oh, I love it. Right. Yeah. Cause they finally feel you know, water weights down, yeah. glycogen's down, so that the weight scale comes down. But I feel like you, you know, can get that same thing from a 24-hour fast. Exactly. Well, exactly. And that's promoting energy at the end of the day. You know, and so I get why people are attracted to it, but the reality is like the longevity of it mm -hmm. is the problem, right? And like you were saying earlier, like we, we are so busy and like most people probably listening to this probably aren't focusing their entire life around no, this their is diet a side, and fitness. This right? is a side thing for them. This is something that we need to like check that box, close that loop so that they can go do the things that are important. So then yeah. business, family, relationships. Right. And I think that's the problem with the diet culture is diets promote themselves as, well, this is what you have to do to lose weight, but they don't take in 
but at what cost, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, just like you were saying earlier, like, you know, six small meals a day, trying to be on stage, like we can look as the epitome, but the reality is at what cost? And it's a high cost. It's a very high cost. You're not a fun person when you're training for a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, you're just not a fun person and it's not sustainable. And so making that the epitome, like, well, I got to do what they got to do is missing the forest for the trees. I say that right? That's right. Yeah. I, I love that statement. Yeah. yeah I think you're missing it. Right? I think you're missing the point. And I don't think that's like a, I don't think that's anyone's fault either. I think that's just kind of like, if anything, it's the, it's the diet culture, like you said, sure. and it's also the fitness industry. This is what we talk, like, this is what we talk about. We, we idolize these people. We put them on magazines. We airbrush them. The people in the magazines don't even look like the people in the magazines because they got this brand new program they're doing and it's not bench press. It's called Photoshop. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. So when, you, well, I would much rather have someone chase that the energy and the sustainability, get a little bit slower results, like long-term, but then never have to get them again because you only get so many drops. You only get to diet hardcore so many times. Like, you know, the, like the, the national recidivism rate for weight loss is uh, like how much, how many people regain weight after losing it? Do you know what it is? Do you know this number? Enlighten me. 95%. You know what the recidivism rate for biggest loser people are? Biggest loser contestants. 100%. 100%. Yeah, because everyone they've dieted so many times, they've lost so much weight on that show. Their the only goal is beatings until the weight is lost. They're eating twelve hundred calories. You know, these people need four thousand calories to to drop weight. You know, because they're so heavy, but they're getting a thousand or twelve hundred. They're taking thermogenics. They're on the treadmill. So now, if they want to maintain that over time, they need to be working out for an hour a day for the rest of their lives, and they've been eating twelve hundred calories. It's just a miserable existence. Mm-hmm. And you don't get to just gain weight, drop weight, gain weight, drop weight, gain weight, drop weight for like ad nauseum. And eventually your body's like, I quit throwing the towel. I'm done. So like, I think figure out what works, figure out what's sustainable. And then let's just lock that in. Let's make that the standard. Because like you said, this is not everybody's full time thing. They don't, nobody's like, there's not a lot of people out there geeking out about hip angle on a Bulgarian split squat or you know, hamstring activation on a Romanian deadlift. Like that's not like the passion of a lot of us. Most people don't care. No, but we care about what, like the results. We care about our energy. We care about our families. We care about our finances. Those are like, at the end of the day, that's what we care about. So if we can lay the foundation by doing like something super simple, like just like the basic carb cycling I'm describing as part of glycogen priming. Here's, and here it is guys. Here's like, here's the secret to this. Eliminate all your carbs in the mornings and and the afternoons and have all of them at dinner. Okay. So it's a very simple carb cycling. We're cycling our carbohydrates to the PM. So after all day, even if you didn't work out, you're still moving around, you're doing stuff, using your brain. That's all quite requiring glycogen and carbs. So you burn all that off. And then at the end of the day, you get to eat those carbohydrates, which is great because if you're having client dinners, you want to have like friends and family over, you're like, no, I have to just eat this one piece of broccoli. Like that's a, again, that kind of sucks. No so no, so let's find that sustainable pattern. And, and for the people that have gone through this program, I love to hear them say, it's just a, it's not a diet. It's just a lifestyle, just how I eat now. And it just makes things so much easier when it's just black or white, binary, on or off. And you don't got to stress about it. Calculate all your calories. You're always carrying your phone around. People are like, why are you taking pictures of your broccoli? You're like, you got to track it. Frustrating. Yeah, no, I agree. I think routine, you know, having, most people have to build a consistent routine in their lives mm-hmm. to not only get to where they need to be sure maybe have to work a little harder to drop the weight maybe you have to it's okay bust your ass a little more but we need a routine that we can stick with to enable us to have the life that we want right and to have a routine based 
means we let, we think less about it, right? Mm -hmm. Habitualness thinks less. And if a routine, like have your carbs at night, I've kind of, that's the kind of lifestyle I've been living for the past 10 years. Uh, even through the carb cycling, I've kind of indoctrinated with carbs at night uh, in a variety of reasons. And, you know, there's, when I talk to people about that, they're like, you know, how come you haven't gained 30, 40 pounds? You know, your weight can fluctuate like this, but I'm not doing this, right? right. And I tell clients, well, because I built habits in my life and routine. You got to fall back. Right. And I might not be some days, I might, you know, some seasons, I might be more into it, get super lean, some seasons, whatever. But I have my habits of, you know, carb backloading, protein with every meal, vegetables, right? And you're going to have a much easier time maintaining your weight, whether it's losing weight or maintaining your weight. Yeah. All right. And real quick on your saying about the biggest loser, like, I would venture to say, like, why do you think most people probably gained all that weight back? Not only did they damage their body, but do you think that by following those crazy diets, like you're saying, 1,200 calories when they could have been eating twice as much, they're on the treadmill, they're doing crazy workouts. Like, do they view that as like, oh my God, I'm exercising, I'm eating healthy for my body? Or is that viewed as more as a punishment? So once they can get away from that, people inherently move away from punishment. No one, <laughs> right. no one stays in punishment mode. So when we work out that way, when we eat that way, there, the writing is on the wall that you won't last long because as human beings, we want to move away from punishment, from feeling that way. And if we attach something good as punishment, like exercise and eating healthy, well, sure shit, you're not going to follow through with it. It's like, it's, it's like having a, it's like having a busted door on your geo storm. You're not going to want to get in that car all the time. And I didn't buy another geo storm after that. Mm -hmm. See what I mean? Yeah. You know? I bought a Pontiac Grand Prix, which was mistake number two. Well, I could have told you that. Yeah. And then I bought another Pontiac Grand Prix after I got You Grand bought Prix. two Pontiac yeah. Grand Prix. And guess what? They all had the same amount of problems. It was what? Stupid, you know? That's shock. This is my shock face. I thought, you know, I could just do the same thing and get different results. Wait, right? wait a second. Wait. <laughs> wait a second. That sounds like a metaphor. Yeah. Did you just drop a metaphor yeah, on us? Big Maybe. cat. Big cat. Big cat in the building. Yo, this is big cat. Juicy, juicy J. Juicy J. <laughs> juicy cheeks. Ooh. This is big cat and juicy cheeks coming at you live from the podcast. Juicy cheeks. Yeah. Well, you can't give me the pot, the my nickname. I have to come up with it myself. And it has to be no, I cool like juicy sounding. cheeks for myself. Oh yeah, you should be juicy cheeks. Juicy cheeks. Yeah. This cheeks. is juicy C. J J Cheeks in the building. Cheeks. I had a guy one time at when I was working at a gym come up and he's like, he was uh, like, he was like selling like Zion's energy drinks or something else. And he wanted to like do a sample. And he just had like, he looked like um, the guy, you know, the game, the movie, the game or the book, the game, like the, the pickup artist mm -hmm, book. Mm -hmm. He looked like what I imagined that guy. He like had like a big, bright, like stud earrings. His head was like shaved and like waxed. I could see my reflection off it. And he's like, what's up? My friends call me Z. And I was like, oh shit, what should I call you, bro? <laughs> He didn't like that question. What do I call you then? Yeah. Your friends call you that. Yeah, I do not. Anyone who we're not hanging out. Anyone who introduces themselves by their nickname, like, I don't know. I, they're probably carb cycling too hard. They're probably carb cycling. Right. That's probably what Those it's are a probably lack the of people. glycogen to the brain. Lack of something. So if you if you <laughs> diet too hard, you're probably in the same company as people that introduce themselves as, you know, I'm going to go around saying, hi, you know. Hi, this is Juicy Cheeks. Juicy Cheeks. I mean, I do real estate, right? So imagine me going to clients like, hi, I'm Juicy Cheeks. Nice to meet you. So are we trying to get approved for an FHA? You can just call me Mr. Yeah. Cheeks, though. Right. You just throw that in there, you know, 
Don't worry, start talking about yourself in third person. So Juicy Cheeks was out showing homes to this one buyer. Yo, here's the thing though. I think if we put that on a billboard, you'd have more business than you have to do it. People would be like, I want to work with that Cheeks guy. Yeah, Juicy Cheeks. That guy's got a that guy's got some juicy, juicy ideas about real estate. That is funny. I think we could work with this. I do joke about the difference between, you know, being in the personal training and fitness community and then going into real estate as well. Like, you know, things don't, things don't equate the same. Like, you know, at first being in the gym as a trainer for so long, right? Mm-hmm. You know, someone walks in and I'd be like, all right, cool. Well, are you ready to do some butt stuff? Yeah. Right. Are you ready to do some butt stuff? I want to really get I want you to feel the burn. I need you to get, we need to get deep in that butt and feel it. Right. Yeah. You and can't then, say that in real estate. You know, and yeah, it took me a while to realize that. Yeah. A couple, right? couple, you're couple just, clients you know, fell just, I go, I'm so sorry. So sorry. You know, and I go, go like, are we doing butt stuff or are we looking at homes today? What are we doing today? Right. And they like, go, what? what? And I go, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, it's that transition. Yeah, it's tough. Feel the burn deep. Got to get so deep. deep. Juicy cheeks. Sure to help you get so deep in real estate. Guys, I think that is probably has to be all for us today because otherwise it's only going to get worse. This is, this has been, this has been a um, Big Dub Diesel and Juicy Cheeks production. <laughs> can wrap, I call real quick? Let's wrap get, Can I call quick, myself Big Dub Diesel? Wrap all this. We have it on tangent, but wrap up what you said. I'll wrap up thing like just like a minutes like. What is the most important thing that people need to hear based upon what we just said and what would enable them? What's the best thing for them to do going forward? We have to go back to being real. We have to go back and talking about facts. I don't know if I like that. All right. So carb cycling is a fantastic way of getting results. There's a couple different ways to do it. All of them can be effective, but I found that the simplest way is doing like a carb backloading where all of the time you're having your carbohydrates at the end of the day, we're eliminating them at the beginning of the day. It provides this amazing safety blanket it builds your energy. There's a lot of benefits to having carbs at night. You sleep better, you recover better, you replenish your glycogen stores. So if you work out in the morning, you're still going to be able to have a lot of energy and feel good, move some weights. And then also like it's binary. This shit is too easy when you do it like this and people are going to be struggling. They're tracking their calories. And you're over here being like, yeah, I guess I'll eat a bunch of spaghetti at night. People are like, I thought you were on a diet. You're like, bitch, I am. But when it's too easy, when it doesn't like hurt, when it doesn't like cost you to think about and prepare every single meal and you can actually go out to eat and have friends over and, and go to client dinners and have an occasional glass of wine. That's when it's locked in. Mm-hmm. That's when you're there. Okay. That's, yeah. I mean, I think if you summed up, like, I think there's, I mean, there's a saying, I'll probably butcher it. Like, you know, the, the path of less resistance. Mm-hmm. How's that saying go? There's a, there's another line for it. Yeah. You got, I don't know. You got juicy, juicy cheeks struggles, remembering lines. I just make shit up. It's like, there was the path of less resistance basically will lead to more adherence. Mm, Right. Yeah. So as humans, again, we want, we always choose the path of least resistance unless we're crazy. Right. Long-term at least like we can can grit it out. We can muscle it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just, we, we naturally are pathways. So even when it comes to our diet, we have to keep in mind of, What's the path of least resistance while still not being lazy? You know, because the path of least resistance also leads people to do diet pills and mm-hmm. fat loss gummy bears, which I hear. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Right? It doesn't make sense. But the point of the is like. You're talking about Harbo sugar free? Harbo. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe keep your guts out. But it's like Oof. the path of least resistance with your diet plan, something that you can follow along that's not focused, that's not driving nuts, is probably the answer to sustainability, right? But people need to be to reshape their thinking. Some people need to go a little hardcore for a month, right? Yeah, hardcore. I, th- I think that's to a, reset yeah. themselves, but not long term. Right. Okay. Gotta, right. Would you suggest like the clients you had best results? Don't they kind of get after a little harder in the beginning? We focus in for a month, 
we back it up a little bit. We get that sustainable framework. You build it out yourself. You make sure that it works for you. That's like, that's what it's got to be. It's like sprinting. Let's get into that next episode. Yeah. Let's talk a little more about like how do you start strong and then get, and get like yeah, longer term results. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, you heard it here first, Juicy Cheeks. He's here for the butt stuff. And also the path of least resistance leads to more sustainable results. I'm just going to give you credit for that quote because I never heard that one before. Celesta Lewis says, hey, we're here for the butt stuff. So Celesta's always there for the butt stuff. Yeah, that's right. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Hopefully this is beneficial for you. Uh, if you have, if you didn't realize we are actually on camera, we're live in the Facebook group, the lose your gut, eat more tacos, never track calories, the MDB project group. If you want to join in live next time, just uh, click, go to the N8 trainingsystemscom slash group to join us there. Otherwise we'll catch you on a flippy floppy. This is juicy cheeks and big dub diesel out. Got to come up with a better name because that one, it's a little self-aggrandizing. I like juicy cheeks. That's no, yours is great. Juicy cheeks. Yeah. But mine's a little. Let me light. get my radio voice. Yeah. This is Nate Palmer, aka <laughs> Nissan 280Z, coming at you live. All right, talk to you later.